Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. You've joined a global movement of sales professionals who are dedicated to being authentic and building trust. We call it Selling from the Heart. Together, we are on a mission to bring sincerity and substance to the sales profession we all love. Get ready to be inspired and equipped as we join our hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Hey, all kinds of things. I remember it was just only a couple short months ago, we were celebrating the fifth birthday of Selling from the Heart. Well, right around the corner is my birthday, but there's more than just a five in it. Well, hey, there is. We add another digit onto that. So, hey, make sure to say happy birthday to Larry the day after this podcast comes out. Happy birthday in advance, Larry. I just want to make sure I'm the first to wish you. There you go. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you to everybody that's joining us. And by the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, we want to say welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, building trust. We call it Selling from the Heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to give a quick special shout out to a near and dear friend of ours here in the Selling from the Heart community. That's Dave Sanderson. Uh Mentor of ours, a coach of ours, just wears the flag and waves it. Dave, we love you here at Selling from the Heart. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode, Dave. Huge shout out. Love your heart and the way that you uh, just pour it all out, raising money and raising awareness for incredible causes. You've been a true inspiration to us. In just a few moments. We got a great episode. We're going to be talking with our friend, Mary Grothy about Destination Remarkable. But before then, we want to let you know about a way to stay engaged. We're right here in the middle of the fourth quarter. One of the best ways to stay engaged is to get some motivation. And Larry, I am so grateful that every morning you serve up a fresh daily dose of inspiration and our listeners can get inspired every day simply by going to sellingfromtheheart.net slash daily. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, I've said it over and over again, every day you get something fresh, new, never to be repeated. <laughs> never. <laughs> Are you making that commitment that this is I, never going to happen? I, I've made the I've made the commitment <laughs> since day one. It's going to happen. I hold well, myself hey, accountable, Daryl. Click the link in the show notes, sellingfromtheheart.net slash daily and get your daily dose of inspiration. Speaking of inspiration today, we're privileged to welcome a distinguished voice in the world of sales and entrepreneurship, Mary Grothy. From her formidable success in Fortune 1000 sales to her entrepreneurial journey, Mary's trajectory is nothing short of impressive. Today, however, we're diving deeper, drawing from her recently published book, Destination Remarkable, Surviving the Dark Side of Success. Mary is going to share insights into the challenges that often shadow professional triumphs. She's pretty candid about addressing the enslavement of relentless pursuits, be it fame, wealth, titles, or commission. But for those of us seeking a balanced perspective on success and the profound lessons it often brings, this conversation promises to be enlightening. So please join me in welcoming Mary Grothy to the Selling from the Heart Studios. It's great to have you here, Mary. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Thanks, Mary. This is going to be an incredible conversation as we kick it off, Mary. You know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you, Mary, to sell from the heart? 
Easy answer for me. I don't know that there's another way to sell. When I first started in the profession, I was so scared to pick up the phone. I was so afraid. What if they don't like me? What if I'm interrupting them? And my manager gave me this assignment, go call 10 of our existing customers. And I want you to ask them why they chose our product and service, why they remain a client, even though the competition continues to knock on their door and how their life has changed. What is that one piece of value that they feel they have today because they're a client of ours? I didn't have to make 10 calls. I made maybe five. And what I heard on the other end of the phone was so enlightening. Wait a second. What I sell makes people's lives better than what am I afraid of? Mm-hmm. I embraced that from the very first phone call I made in a sales role with the confidence of, I believe I have a product and service that will make your life better, but we've got to embark on a journey and come to that conclusion together. And it always felt for me from that first exercise that this is what I was meant to do. And my intentions were pure. My agenda was theirs. And I wanted to make sure that from selling from the heart, that's the only way I have ever sold in my entire career. I'm so grateful for the work that you guys are doing to ensure that other people can pick up on that message. Oh, well, thank you. And I applaud. I I just wish, and thank you for sharing that story because I wish more managers would do what just what Mary just said is how many young up and coming salespeople out there get into a role and then they're just told these calls, here's the script, start calling. But if you can just have them start calling people that are already coming back for more and more and more of what your company has to offer, you're soon going to start, you're are feeling comfortable sharing your story and how you can help because you got what I call warm friendlies already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. I love it. That's so fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. By the way, massive congratulations on the launch of the book, Destination Remarkable. Everyone listening in by the end of this, I promise you're going to want to go grab a couple copies, one for yourself and one for your friends at Amazon. But I don't want to get too far ahead on this because, Mary, there is a massive backstory behind this. And just wondering as, as we get started, it, it would just be so wonderful if you could bring us into uh, your story and what brought you to where you are here today. I, I'd love to. My background was, was really challenging. Um, as a child, I had a really rough upbringing and it was in, in one way you could look at my life and say, wow, this is really unique. My parents owned a performing arts school. My dad was an opera singer and actor. He's been in a bunch of movies. My mom was a classical pianist and, and a choral director. And, and they, they ran this performing arts school, which I was a student. So I was classically trained in the arts and ballet, tap, jazz, singing, piano, <laughs> you name it. I've been on the stage since I was three years old. And it was a really unique, really neat life. You know, unfortunately, inside of the house was a lot of trauma and a lot of abuse and alcoholism. And I'm the youngest of four kids to half um, siblings. And then uh, my brother and I are very close in age. And so it was a real interesting upbringing. And when I was 14, my parents let us know that they lost everything, the business. um, They were in just a rough go with the community. They had done things that were not truthful, borderline criminal and uh, taking money from people. And so we had to flee. 
we, we put up a red and white tent in the back of our yard and, and back of our house in our yard. And we, we sold everything that we owned and we packed up the clothes and, and minor items. And we drove across the country to Colorado from Northwest Indiana and we started a new life, but they were poor and took minimum wage jobs. And my brother and I were 14 and 15 years old and had to go to work. Of course, I couldn't work at 14, so I had to wait <laughs> until I turned 15 and which was just a couple of months after we moved, but I was under 16. And so my mom had to be a co-signer on my bank account. She stole my money while I was working. She withdrew mm -hmm. it before I could spend it. I was having to steal food, steal clothes to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, I did through high school. I was a straight A student, graduated 4.2 GPA with honors, and I took my arts very seriously. So I participated in dance classes and on the Palm Squad at my school, and I worked full time and put myself through school. When I started planning out my future, I was 18, and I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go make something for myself. I'm not gonna live this way anymore. And Unfortunately, um, after receiving a scholarship to CU Boulder and entering into their dance program, my senior year of high school, I was involved in a pretty traumatic car accident and I wasn't able to pursue that path. Everything that I had known was taken away from me and I entered into four very dark years of my life. Um, <laughs> mm. I'm very grateful that... Mm. I woke up one day and really felt that fire inside of me saying that I was destined for a lot more. What more was, I had no idea. And I, uh, you know, I dropped out of college. I went for a semester. It was a disaster. I ended up getting married at a very young age to an abusive man. And I, you know, I just had that fire and I just felt like I could do something so much more in this world, but I hadn't been given my shot yet. And I read an ad in a newspaper for a district sales assistant position with a big Fortune 1000 payroll company. And I didn't know what payroll was. I didn't really know what an office was. <laughs> and I went in for this interview. I still had the tags on my suit because I couldn't afford it. So I knew I needed to return it after the interview. And they gave me the job. I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <Why are you? laughs> um, but that sales manager saw something in me mm -hmm. that I hadn't seen in myself. And um, I quickly was on a fast, accelerated path to success. I did the role for two years, but identified within the first six months that I wanted to go into sales. I was supporting the sales team. All it took was for me to file one set of commission reports. <laughs> and I thought, wait, <laughs> this person's making more. Long team. <laughs> How do I get that job? Yeah. Anyway, um, I had the unbelievable support of my management team and they helped me just gain the access to education that I needed. And I started in that sales role. You already heard the story. I made my five calls after panicking <laughs> when um, I became the number one rep in 30 days. And I maintained that through the rest of my tenure of selling. My quote of the first year was 150,000. I sold 758,000, which was more than number two and three combined. My second year, they cut my territory in half, doubled my quota, gave me the responsibility of training and onboarding new hires. I sold 850,000 that year, which I'm super proud of. And then I left to go work for one of my clients who was an accounting firm. And I helped them as the VP of sales and marketing scale the company. And we were successful in that quadrupled in size in seven months. I started my first business. I was at 28. I'm a CEO. I'm a founder CEO. I'm a business strategist. I'm helping startups and entrepreneurs. But you know, it's really interesting is I was so broken on the inside. Mm. And on the outward appearance, I mean, I'm a CEO by 28. If you had looked at the list of everything I had accomplished before I was 30, 
it'd be like, what does she not have? She has it all. I did everything that the world told me to do. And I suffered greatly on the inside. I was, according to them, successful. Mm. (laughs) On the inside, I was not. Mm. And in fact, I found ways to heal the wounds inside of me through drinking, through bad (laughs) relationships, through you name it. So I decided, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was going to get really serious and focus and build a life for myself, but I just couldn't get away from those demons. And while I was in the first year, I think of running my first company, I drove my car after a night of drinking into my neighbor's front porch. And so God has a really interesting way of getting our attention. And for that, I'm really grateful. And it was the first time that I finally was, because I'm very high urgency, fast paced. I'm a survivalist. I'm super stubborn. And it literally took driving my car into a front porch to get my attention I had to get the alcohol out of the house. I had to sober up. I had to figure out my life. And uh, I was given the opportunity to do that. And seven months after that accident, May 25th to December 25th, how many months is that? Six, seven months. I uh, gave my life to the Lord and I realized that I had exhausted myself. I had literally done every Mm. single thing in this world to find success, to tame my thirst and my hunger, to satisfy my cravings, to be known, to be something. And I came to the end of myself. There was nothing left. And I made the biggest and best decision of my life. And from there, it just escalated. Um, met my now husband. Um, we have an unbelievable life together, an unbelievable son. And I ended up shutting my business down, went back to the payroll company for three years, sold millions, took a six-figure commission check, started my second company, this time as a very changed woman. <laughs> and I believe I did a good job. I'm founder, CEO, five and a half years, took the company to an exit, got pretty burnt out there toward the end. Um, it, it, it was very difficult in the book walks through all of that. And it's just like, you don't get your life to the Lord. And then all of a sudden it's like, great, I'm free. And it's puppies and sunshine forever. Like that's not the reality of it. And, um, I'm still super grateful for, for all of it. So just exited. And I took a full-time role with one of my clients and this book just came out and I'm pumped. So I get to sit in a chief revenue officer position and I'm working on my brand. I want to change what people know me for of a revenue scaler into more of a motivational speaker and especially on that faith-based front so that's what i'm working on Wonderful. oh mary wow. first of all i just want to say thank you for sharing your story <laughs> i'm super grateful uh, and hopefully your story changes the lives of other people who are listening and there's a couple things i just wanted to comment on at first is i want to give a shout out to a near and dear friend of mine in a past podcast guest. His name's Joe Peachy. And I remember him telling me this years and years and years ago is you never know somebody until you know their backstory. So I want to say thank mm-hmm. you for sharing your backstory. And one last thing is what you just shared is what we firmly believe in selling from the heart is this. You will never achieve even greater amounts of outer success until you do the inner work. Yeah. The inner work is the toughest thing you will do. And I think you'll agree to that, Mary. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh. hard. It is. It really, really is. Well, this is such an incredible, um, I just, it's so encouraged to hear your journey and, and where you've gone. And, you know, there is a, a dark side to success. And one of the things, we're going to take a brief break to hear from our sponsor and our good friend, Don Barden, about what it means to him to sell from the heart. And when we come back, 
want to dive into what you learned about the dark side of success and some of the key lessons in the books. Let's take a brief break, hear from our sponsor, and when we return, we'll continue this amazing conversation with our friend, Mary Grothy. I'm thrilled to introduce to you a revolutionary tool that will change the way you understand yourself and others. Our partners at the Y Institute have created the Y.OS Discovery Platform, a powerful tool that in just 10 minutes can help you uncover your core motivations, how you bring them to life, and what others can expect from you. This is more than just a self-awareness tool. It's a game changer for coaches and those who want to help their clients reach their full potential. If you're a coach or a sales leader, go to whyinstitute.com and look for the Y certification. We'll put the link in the show notes. When you reach out to the Y Institute, let them know you heard about it on Selling from the Heart, and you'll be on your way to helping your people discover what drives them. Don't just take our word for it. Go to whyinstitute.com and see the powerful impact the Y.OS discovery can have on your life. Oh, selling the heart, you know, it's great. You know, as a sales professional, you you get up every day and you have a unique advantage over the rest of the world, right? You get to go out every day and make friends. Literally, that's it. And who wouldn't want to make a friend unless you're doing it from the heart? And your customers, your 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 prospects, everyone. I mean, if you just go out there from the heart, you do it to your best, you give everything you've got, just like you would a friendship. The rewards come back. So um, uh, to me, selling from the heart is about a mindset, really. It's about waking up every day and saying, I got two things I can do today. Number one, I can go make a new friend somewhere. And number two, I control my pay. You know, I, I get a raise. So think about that. You get paid to make friends. And if you just do that with this incredible amount of sincerity, uh, you do it just like you guys preach so much in the books and in your podcast and everything, which I so dearly appreciate. You just get out there and go do that. Man, I mean, what a great life you can have. <laughs> I love, love some Barton. <laughs> yeah, thank you, John. And by the way, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode of Selling from the Heart, just text the word video to 21,000 and share your answer about what it means to you to sell from the heart. That's video to 21,000. Well, we're here today with Mary Grothy, and this has been such an amazing conversation, Mary. I just want to once again say thank you for just sharing your heart and being transparent and also for putting all this together in a book, Destination Remarkable, um, Surviving the Dark Side of Success. So we all know in sales, and this is one thing that, that we've been very passionate about here at Selling from the Heart, sales has in all the professions, one of the worst records for mental health. <laughs> we don't do well <laughs> in sales. Uh, we just don't. And um, I'm curious, you know, when you think about what you learned in your journey and, and what you share in the book, what advice would you give to high performance sales professionals that find themselves successful on the outside and kind of empty and dark on the inside? Well, loaded question. Good question. Mm. I first want to identify a lot of key characteristics that seem to be present in high-performing sales individuals. One, I am one, so I can speak in my own experience. Two, I'm friends with a lot of them and have been throughout my professional career. Three, I'm a leader of them as well. So I do feel qualified a bit to say this, but I always hate speaking in generalized terms. So I know that there are always exceptions to the rule and people from different walks of life can be wildly successful. But for the most part, what I've seen and present in my own story, 
I crushed it in sales because I needed something to save my life. I couldn't live the life I was living anymore. And I found the way to do that. I was also young, hungry, had a lot of energy, and I cared very much what people thought about me. So much of what I brought forth into the sales role and to being a number one salesperson was rooted in what I was actually trying to heal inside of myself. And the success became the drug and the addiction and the hit felt great. The high, I wanted it all the time. And I figured out how to get that high all the time. And really, when I look back and reflect, it's it's great on the surface that I can walk around and have this accolade. I did work hard and I'm proud of what I did. But I look at the equation that led to that sales performance and it's sad. Mm. That is a sad little girl who was so broken, trying to find her way and found an outlet to try to fill those holes and wounds, which of course was only temporary, which kept that destination always moving to a new target, to a new target. I had destination addiction because no matter how good my performance was, it was never good enough. And why did I think that way? I was raised in a family where I was told I wasn't good enough. As a young child, I didn't feel loved. As a young child, I was not embraced by my parents. I was not given the opportunity to grow and mature in a loving household and understand what that looks like. I was already depleted and searching for what we as humans crave, which is that love. And I never got it in my internal family or upbringing. And I finally found it at 24 years old. I found it in a thing. And that thing was mine as much as I wanted it, as hard as I was willing to work, as smart and sharp as I was willing to be in sales, it was mine. And I look at the maniacal behavior that came as a result of that. It was extremely unhealthy. It also fed my ego. And unfortunately, then I wasn't a real nice person to be around. And my ego, the pride, I would love to meet me right now. I'd love to meet me, my former self, and just give that girl a hug and tell her it's just unnecessary that you don't have to put up this front. Like you don't, you don't have to do this, that you can be loved even without the performance. I didn't understand that. I thought the only way I was ever going to be accepted by this world or have a meaningful relationship or be worth anything to anyone is if I had the title, is if I had the track record, is if I had all the accomplishments. And it's a very sick and sad way to live. Did it yield a lot of revenue? Yes, it did. And what's interesting is our world, which is why I love your podcast and your book, is you're focusing on a side of sales that is what I I truly love and believe in. A lot of what's out is the hustle and the grind and the do whatever it takes to win and succeed at all costs. And interestingly enough, when I first was looking at publishing my story, it was in 2020, and I was partnered up with a very famous sales author. And he was positioning me, he was my coach, and he was positioning me with his publisher. And it was my first stab at writing my life story for the first time, because they wanted the story about how to be a number one sales rep. Mm -hmm. I thought I could tell you tactically everything I did how I set up my day, how I positioned my sales conversations, the discovery questions I asked, you know, I can, how I demoed, how they call me one call close Mary, how I was very clear before my meetings. Like I can tell you all that stuff. 
but that's not transferable to any average person to pick up my playbook and do it. Because what fueled me with the BQ, the behavioral quotient, what fueled that behavior comes from something that the average person just doesn't have. And I need readers to understand the reason I was the way that I was and the reason that I was had the tenacity and that ability to pursue and pursue and that relentless pursuit to win. They needed to understand the backstory. So I wrote the backstory for the first time. The publisher got that copy and they're like, we love the, the part about being a good salesperson. We don't want anything to do with that personal story. Mm-hmm. edits came back. They're like, we're only going to proceed in this process without this. And I'm like, then that's not the story because that's false advertising. You don't go to a profession <laughs> and tell them this is the playbook and this is the process. When Who executes that? The human being. And we are very complex individuals. So it took me a long time to realize that the behavior that I had was actually extremely unhealthy and that I needed to, in order to get myself mentally and emotionally right, I had to get myself spiritually right. I was not plugging into a good source. I didn't have the right idol mentor. I was worshiping things of this world, which are not everlasting. It's for short, quick hit fulfillment in the world is great at giving you those things. So you keep going back for more and you're just consuming, consuming, consuming and tiring yourself out. When I got right with myself spiritually and I figured out, oh, wait a second. I've been living my life so backward. My understanding of my worth, my North star, the source I'm plugging into, I got right there and magically, right? Well, it's not magic, but you know what I mean? Everything else transformed and turned around. There is like, if you're solving the symptom and you're trying to help these high performers. So I have met a lot of salespeople, high performers that have very troubled backgrounds and even athletes who are highly competitive have been trained in competitive sports. A lot of times their whole life, you know what they hear a lot, a lot of what I heard. It's not good. Mm -hmm. enough. You can do better. Mm -hmm. You can do better. That gets ingrained in us. And somehow we make really great salespeople, right? Because we believe the narrative, even when we succeed, but we're not good enough and we can do better. So we're all, we have that destination destination addiction. And we're always going for the next thing. And it's never good enough. And I believe that that is a catalyst for a lot of the mental health problems that our industry faces. Because then when things outside of our control happen, like bad economy, bad market, bad product market fit for the company that we're selling for, or the VCs, investors, they pull out their investment, people are getting laid off, like things happen, right? But then it comes to us internally and here and we and we internalize it and we feel defeated and it's it's a reflection of us and what about our value and my title and everything that we have at so surface level. And I feel like now those things can come and go because I'm centered and I'm so right with God and I know my worth and I know what I was created to do and to be in the calling of my life. The rest of this stuff is all surplus. It is not my identity. And as soon as I was able to separate from that, I began to heal. And that's where I started to get right. However, I told you it is not puppies and sunshine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There are still trials. And that's what it says in the scriptures that we will face trials, but I don't have to face them alone anymore. And now they are character refinement. And they help me be who I was created to be. And I can't be that version of myself unless I go through the refinement and I get to be sharpened and I get to become that next version of myself. So I approach trials and challenges very differently than I used to. And they don't defeat me and attack me and help me um, 
believe terrible things about myself. It's completely separated. So in summary on this answer, it's, it's such a loaded question because this world is so willing to give us everything that we want to go get for that short-term satisfaction, the immediate gratification for that little hit and that high. And there's always a surplus of the next thing we can go after and the next thing, but it's never fully satisfying. And I think that that plays terrible tricks on our minds and makes us very unwell, but there's ways to get in rooted and get plugged in and to be, to be right with who we were created to be the calling our lives, our gifts and talents, our passions. And then it's amazing what that unlocks. There's so much freedom on the other Mm -hmm. side of that of what can be felt when we're not tied to that. And I think it has a dramatic impact on mental health and well-being. Oh, amen on that one, Mary. And I'd be remiss. I just, I just have to ask, right? I, I We can't let you off the podcast until you answer this one is, how does Mary fill up her cup every morning? I just, I just got to know what your morning routine looks like. If you could share. Great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a really fat cat named Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> So we have morning coffee together and I've got lots of books that I read. So I could be reading the Bible or I could be reading. I've got this one on my desk right now. This is women in work. Courtney Moore uh, is the author on this and it's uh, bearing God's image and joining his mission through our work. So for me, in the mornings I wake up early, I get up at five or sometimes a little bit before. And I just head downstairs. I get my cup of coffee. I feed my cat. I sit on my couch. It's very beautiful, like dimly lit room. I sit there with my blanket. The cat comes on my lap. He purrs. He's fat. He's adorable. And I love him. I have my coffee, which is like my favorite thing. And my, I always have like my mug game going on. Right. So these things fill me. And then I open the word in some way, shape or form, because I have to put my armor on for the day. I have to get right with the Lord in the morning before I face the day and getting right and plugging into the source, reminding me whose daughter I am, reminding me who my identity is in and whose image I bear is very important for my sanity. And when I can armor up and start my day that way, then the next thing I do, because I'm a zero inbox freak, is I go through and I zero inbox that sucker. <laughs> and then I get my, it's so satisfying. <laughs> And I have a lot of fur on my keyboard that from my big fat cat, you know, that I love. I look at it throughout the day and it always makes me smile. Like it was a good morning. I the keyboard. And then I like hammer through all of that. I see myself up for the day. I'm very clear on the objectives and goals for the day. How will I look back on the day and say, I won the day? Mm. I look at the calendar. Sometimes I make tough decisions of what needs to come off the calendar if it's not going to give me a feeling of winning the day. And then I'm very intentional with how I prepare those next steps in setting up that day. So that's how I start my mornings. Probably a little more detail. I love it. It's all good. I got got my inbox down to six. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mary, this has been an amazing conversation. I know everyone listening in is wondering how do I get more Mary growthy in my life? That's sweet. Be careful what you ask for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On that, I'm growing my website, marygrothy.com. I actually stripped it down. I took it down because I am changing categories. A lot of people know me for revenue scaling. I've done a lot of keynotes on that topic and been a sought after speaker on all things revenue. And I'm shifting and going into that motivational faith-based speaker category. So I am rebuilding my content. I'm writing new keynotes. Those will be out soon on a new speaker bio out. But my blog game is back up on the site. I'm starting to record podcasts again. So all that in that hub of Mary growthy. My biggest audiences are on LinkedIn, 
Instagram and Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram are Mary Grothy. Twitter's Mary L Grothy because somebody stole my handle. Just <laughs> <laughs> Mary, thank you so much. This has oh, been an amazing so conversation. Good. You're a true kindred spirit of selling from the heart. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, awesome. Welcome. Awesome. Oh, Larry, wow. wow. Just wow. Ooh. What an incredible uh, conversation and, and uh, talk about just being encouraged and also challenged to the core. Just amazing. Amazing. Oh, the, there, there was so much in Mary's story that, that I was just, sometimes I find myself closing my eyes because it was almost mirror moments. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I could, I just have to share this and I really applaud what Mary had said is I've completely transformed. And you know, this Daryl, I've completely transformed my morning because I've worked on who I am and I've gotten spiritual with it. You know, we all define that however we're going to define it. But man, the more I worked on my inside, the more success selling from the hard hat on the outside. And I just right. applaud Mary for just opening up and sharing her story. It's fantastic. You want to make sure to grab Mary's book and uh, click on the link in the show notes to do that. This is uh, right in line with what we're yeah. focused on is selling from the heart. If you want to do, if you want the outer success, you better do the inner work first. And if you haven't done the inner work yet, there's no better time that start than today. And if you need some encouragement in the fourth quarter, we're right here in the middle of the fourth quarter, go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash daily. And if you're uh, getting this on the day it comes out, make sure to wish Larry a happy birthday <laughs> tomorrow. This is uh, this is so much fun. We've got a great lineup of guests coming up throughout the fall and the winter. And so make sure to like or subscribe. Thank you to everybody who's sharing the podcast. And most of all, folks who are leaving a review on the platform on which you listen, it's helping us build this movement. Yeah, absolutely. I will tell you this. The best work you will ever do is the heart work. It's the mm -hmm. hardest work you'll do, but the heart work is the best work you can do to actually transform your career, both personally and professionally. That's right. Well, until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep building trust, do the inner work, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.